Welcome into the podcast, everybody. My name is Jesse Williams, or as my friends like to call me, Jesse James, the outlaw. My name is Jesse James Williams. You can find me at jwillsportsguy on Twitter. And I would like to go over a couple of things before I get into my first segment. And that is my history of sports radio broadcasting, which started four years ago with my buddy Ian Hall. You can find him at Ian Hall underscore 12 OZSR. Once again, that is I A N H U L L underscore one two O Z S R. And so four years ago, Ian and I decided that we wanted to start shooting videos for YouTube, and the content was great. The format was a little lacking, and not because of anything that Ian was doing. Ian is a wizard when it comes to technology. And I'm just a guy that comes here with the cool sports opinions and tries to make people laugh just by being me, but also bringing a different perspective when it comes into sports. So fast forward four years, Ian and I had gone through living together and then he got married and I got deployed and then I got married and came back. Well, while I was gone, he and my friend David Dillavu at CursedVillain87 on Twitter, they decided they wanted to do a sports show and they wanted me to tag along because, you know, we're sports geniuses. And so they started the movement while I was in Africa. When I came back home, they basically came up to me and said, look, we would like you to do this. I was like, heck yeah, I'm totally down for that. So we started a brand called the Rehab Sports Guys. Now we call ourselves the Rehab Sports Guys because of our addiction to sports. Whenever we would go to parties or when we would go hang out with our families, we would just always talk about sports and our friends would get sick of it with good reason. And so this was our way to get all of our sports addiction out. Due to extenuating circumstances, a couple of months ago, the Rehab Sports Guys had... And so anyways, we were doing the Rehab Sports Guys. We literally did our first episode on a cell phone, on an iPhone. And then we just started posting stuff on YouTube. Well, the guys were like, hey, Jesse, you've got to get on Twitter. It's like, okay, cool. I'll get on Twitter. And I just started adding people to the point to where they were getting a little upset, which is understandable because their phones were blowing up and I was just adding people on Twitter. So I had people on Twitter... Next thing I know, shout out to at Scout Team Radio on Twitter. They were like, they sent us a message and they said, hey, we really like what you guys do. Would you like to join 12 Ounce Sports Radio? We're like, cool, what's 12 Ounce Sports Radio? So we get in contact with the owner of the station, Jeff Beck. You can find him at Beck's Work Week on Twitter or at 12 Ounce Sports Radio. And he was like, hey, we like your stuff. We'd like you to jump on. So we jumped on the show and we started off doing a Razorback show because we live in Arkansas and we started doing a national show where we would cover everything from football to baseball to basketball to whatever was relevant in sports. It got to the point to where we were then, the station went under a a remodeling or a revamping and a relaunch. Relaunch is the word to use here. And so they were wanting people to do exclusive live daily shows. And we jumped on that. We were so excited. And so we decided to do this daily show. Well, very quickly, we realized that due to family and work and other commitments that we had bit off way more than we could chew. And so we kind of equally decided that, hey, let's just put this on the back burner. Well, that same day, this guy, Jimmy Young, from What's Up Sports, or his show's called What's Up, What's Up Sports. You can find them at, at What's Up, What's Up one on Twitter. I hope I got that right. And so he saw me that night. 
I was going to see a band play. And he's like, hey, man, I heard about what happened. I was like, yes, I'll jump on. And so we did this show for several months, and I was also doing the 12-ounce NFL preview show presented by 12-ounce Sports Radio. And, man, it was a blast. Unfortunately, some good things come to an end, and there were some differences that were happening. And so I'm not going to get into what happened and everything. All I'm going to say is that their show is still going on. They're still on 12-ounce Sports Radio. You can find them at 10 p.m. Central or 11 p.m. Eastern on 12-Ounce Sports Radio and on TuneIn Radio. And the NFL preview show is continuing from 10 o'clock to noon Central Time or 11 o'clock a.m. to 1 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. And I'd give you all the other time zones, but we don't really have time for all that. So we went our separate ways, and now I am doing a podcast with Ian called The Kicker and the Outlaw. And you can find us at K-O underscore sports talk and it's something that we've already started we've done i want to say we've done two episodes you'd have to clarify with ian about all that um and so we started doing this podcast and my buddy david has been uh, going through a lot of personal stuff lately and so david which i'm not going to put on air i mean if you've listened to any of our stuff on 12 ounce we've kind of gone over that He's had some tragedies in his family, and, you know, that's our brother. He Well, he came over to my house one night and was saying, hey, brother, I want to get back into the podcast thing. So there may be a podcast there. So this is me just kind of, uh, in the words of Jay-Z, allow me to reintroduce myself. And we're going to move past the history, and we're just going to get into sports, right? So f- to be very clear, I am from Akron, Ohio originally, and then I was adopted and lived in Pittsburgh. So my original three sport, my original four sports teams were the Pittsburgh Pirates, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and the Pittsburgh Penguins. And then I picked up the Cleveland Cavaliers because there's not an NBA team in Pittsburgh. Then I moved to Arkansas, and the Pirates gut the entire franchise. And they would do this for 17 years. Very early on, at eight, nine years old, I was under the impression that this was a long-term thing. So I'd studied sports. I was a very smart sports kid. And so I jumped off that Pirates bandwagon, and I chose the Indians. So now I have two Cleveland teams and two Pittsburgh teams. So I was never a Cleveland Browns fan, to be very clear. I want to be honest about my fandom of the Pittsburgh Steelers because a lot of people say that I sometimes tend not to be objective. And I would disagree with that. I think I am very, very objective. I have criticized Pittsburgh on many occasions, but I'm not going to lie about who my favorite teams growing up are. The point of this podcast, the point of the kicker and the outlaw, the point of the outlaw and the villain, which I'm assuming we're going to call our show unless David comes up with a cooler name, is to really just give you our opinions on the broad landscape of sports. And so with that, the biggest sport going on right now is the NFL. And we just, and today, if I haven't told you, is November 23rd, 2018, on a Friday. And so yesterday we had some Thanksgiving games. The Bears took care of business against the Lions with a backup quarterback. That does not look good on Matt Patricia or the Lions organization, which I have said many times. I don't think it matters from Jim Schwartz to Jim Caldwell to Matt Patricia. The Lions seem to me like a 7-9 to to 9-7 team team that's peak is maybe 10 and 6. I don't know why that is. Matt Stafford got his big deal. He aren't, he isn't putting up the huge numbers that he has in the past and is still not translating the wins. So then we go to the Cowboys. And Cowboys fans are probably going nuts. I bet Skip Bayless is on TV proclaiming they're going to go to the Super Bowl. 
listen, the Cowboys have won several games in a row. And let's be clear, though. They beat Philadelphia, who's not very good. They got beat by two touchdowns by Tennessee. And they beat Washington with Colt McCoy because Alex Smith gruesomely broke his leg. This is not me taking shots at the Cowboys. Because I think, at this point, the Cowboys have the best chance to represent the NFC East in the playoffs. I do not think they can go anywhere. I do not think that they will win a playoff game. If you take away the two receptions... To, um, the two touchdown receptions to Amari Cooper. That's 130 of the 298 yards that Dak Prescott passed for. Here's the thing, though. I can't ignore facts. The Cowboys are in first place. Dak Prescott, when he does not turn the ball over, is something ridiculous. Because Ian is the stats guy, but he is like 20-3 and three or 25-3 and three when he doesn't turn the ball over, which, of course, in the NFL, if you don't turn the ball over, you win most of your football games. That being said, I still think the Cowboys finish 9-7. and seven. I just think they... And the, the interesting thing is they now have a split with Washington. And it's going to be very interesting to see how the tiebreakers in the NFC end up working out. So the Cowboys play the Saints next week. Come on. It's at... Well, it's actually at home. And then they play the Eagles again. And then they play the Colts, the Buccaneers, and the Giants to finish out the season. So here are my predictions for those games. They're going to lose to the Saints, and they're going to lose to the Eagles, and they're going to—they could possibly lose to the Colts, and they'll beat the Buccaneers, and they'll probably lose to the Giants. Now, if you were to tell me they would lose to the Saints, but they will beat the Eagles, the Buccaneers, and the Giants, I wouldn't call you crazy. Guess what? That still gets them to nine and seven. So let's go over to Washington's schedule, and it's not much better. So. Give me a minute to get on ES because I'm on ESPN, but I got to get to the R word schedule. I don't use that. I don't use the name of their team. They play at the Eagles. That's going to be an interesting game because I think the Eagles win that game. They play home to the Giants. They play at the Jaguars, at the Titans, and then they play the Eagles. So the Plebs, they still have the Eagles twice, who I think now are better than them because of injuries. Do not be surprised if Philly makes a late run. Philly is here for a reason. Philly is the defending Super Bowl champions, and as Darren Woodson is saying, it's wide open. I don't disagree with that at all. I do not disagree that it is wide open. Let's be very clear about some other things, too. And I'm not going to go division by division. I'm just going to look at the playoff picture because I could sit here all day and we could break down every division, and then we would have to end up talking about teams that have no chance to make the playoffs. And it would be really nice if my computer would cooperate so we could get there we go. So right now, we'll start in the NFC because that's what we were talking about. So right now, the Saints are 10-1 and and the Rams are 10-1. and And the Saints hold the tiebreaker over the Rams. Twitter got at me and said, hey, the Rams have one more win. I'm like, yeah, because they haven't had their bye week yet. The Bears are sitting there in third place at 8-3. and They just won a game with Chase Daniel, who I think is a very good backup quarterback, but not a starter in this league. And I don't know why that is because he's an amazing backup. So they're at three. And... I think that we have to stop doubting the Chicago Bears. They have probably the best defense in the NFL. They have Khalil back. Miss Trubisky is playing within a great system with Nagy, so I think they're fine. The Cowboys, we've already talked about them. Carolina, Minnesota, Washington, Green Bay, and Philadelphia are the, the, the probably the one, two, the three teams. The, the what well, is one, two, three? Four, there's five teams outside of the Cowboys that become interesting. 
I and see the thing is with Green Bay being as inconsistent as they are, I think any of these teams can make the playoffs. I still don't trust Kirk Cousins for the for for Minnesota. I do not trust the Carolina Panthers because they don't beat anybody. And Green Bay's just been so inconsistent, and the Eagles have also been inconsistent and are having trouble winning games at home. So that's the NFC playoff picture. I still have the Saints going to the Super Bowl, and don't get me wrong, I love the Rams, I love Sean McVay, I love what they're doing, but this is just, you know, the way I think it's going to turn out. Let's go to the AFC, and this is where my bias may come in, but you'll be surprised. So you have Kansas City at number one, you have Pittsburgh at number two, New England at number three, lurking, by the way, do not count them out. The Houston Texans at number four, who I think are a lock to win that division. The LA Chargers at 7-3, and three, which I think they're pretty safe there too. I think the top five teams in the AFC are pretty safe just because I think they're well-rounded football teams. I think that New England's defense isn't great, but they have Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, and now they have Josh Gordon. The Houston Texans, they play really good defense. The numbers may not say that. I think Bill O'Brien with a quarterback, with a Deshaun Watson, with a TJ Watt, that team looks like, I mean, they've won seven games in a row. I see them only going up from here. Now we have the Baltimore Ravens. I have no idea what to do with the rest of these teams because we have the Baltimore Ravens, the Cincinnati Bengals, the Miami Dolphins, the Indianapolis Colts, and the Tennessee Titans all at 5-5. Five and five. And you can throw the Denver Broncos in there at 4-6, and six, but they're basically holding on just by their defense. And there's a whole bunch of tiebreakers in here. This is why it's in that order. Baltimore, I don't think Lamar Jackson could take them to the playoffs, but they may get there by default. Cincinnati has been one of the most inconsistent teams all year, and we have no idea what the Miami Dolphins are. The two teams that are most interesting come from what I thought was the worst division of football, and I think I may have been wrong about that, and that's the AFC South. I think Tennessee and Indianapolis are going to – I think the final playoff spot is going to come between those two teams. Indianapolis owns the tiebreaker right now. But Tennessee gives you something, then they don't give you something, and the Colts started off real slow, and Andrew Luck is on fire. I just don't know if they have enough overall talent And that's the same thing with both of those teams. But I would take Indianapolis and Tennessee over Miami, Cincinnati, and Baltimore. I would give Baltimore the edge only because – if I was to give Baltimore an edge, it would only be because Jim Harbaugh – I'm sorry, John Harbaugh's there. And he's won a Super Bowl. He's been to AFC Championship games. If you fire John Harbaugh, I think you're absolutely nuts. Yes, they have underachieved, but he doesn't make the personnel decisions. And and as much as we give credit for Ozzie Newsom being an amazing GM – Joe Flacco never really has had consistent play at the receiver position. And so I would disagree in get, getting rid of him. Marvin Lewis, they're never going to fire him. That's fine. They At least the Bengals are relevant, but they're a little less relevant this year. And so that's my AFC picture. I've got – my heart wants me to say Pittsburgh is going to make the Super Bowl. The only way that happens is if New England stumbles before they play Pittsburgh. If it comes down to Pittsburgh versus New England, I'm taking New England every day just because – but, you know, this Pittsburgh Steelers team has been amazingly resilient through the Le'Veon Bell situation and the, and the offensive lineman calling him out. James Conner goes in in concussion protocol. He comes back. They should have lost to Jacksonville last week. Big Ben pulls a miracle out of his butt. So I still think there's a chance for the Steelers to make a run. Kansas City's defense terrifies me, but if they get up on you, that's the thing. They may not need a defense to get to the Super Bowl. Their two losses have been to the Patriots into the Rams in very close, high-scoring games. We will see if Andy Reid's play calling becomes a question mark. And so 
I still think this is, I mean, I, I think the AFC has proven actually to be the better conference, and I did not think it would, but the Chargers, let's not forget about the history of the Chargers, San Diego and Los Angeles, of what they do when it comes down to playoff time. They either start off really slow, and then they win enough to just not get into the playoffs, or they just get decimated by injuries. Now, they've got Joey Bosa coming back at some point, or he may already be back. I don't know if that's right or if that's wrong. And so they're still a dangerous team. They've got to play Pittsburgh, I think, in a couple of weeks. And Pittsburgh and New England play each other in the regular season. And then Houston has to go through the rest of its divisional slate. So they're... So let's go ahead and see how many playoff games the Houston Texans have played. Or not how many playoff games, I'm sorry. How many division games? So they're 2-1 and one in the division. So they've still got two division games left. And Jacksonville's out of it. The Browns are obviously out of it. I don't care what Browns fans tell you. And I'm sorry, Buffalo Bills fans, but y'all are out of it. And the Jets are out of it. So the Jets are way out of it. I mean, Sam Darnold... Turnover machine, but he's a rookie. In the NFC, who do I think's out of it? I think the Giants are out of it, though they could make a run if the rest of the NFC falls off. They've won two games in a row. I'm not super excited yet. I still think there's lots of holes in that team. The Lions are out of it. They're they're just they're a mess. I think Atlanta just played themselves out of it last night by losing to the Saints. Tampa Bay, pff, okay, come on. And then Arizona and San Francisco. Watch out for the Seattle Seahawks. They the, have the best running game in the NFL. Pete Carroll, I think, can still coach. They have a plus 30 point differential, which means they're losing close games. And I just I don't want to count out Russell Wilson. So that's my NFL, kind of what I see going on in the NFL playoff picture. Now let's go on to the coaches who I think are going to be fired. Not that I wish it upon anybody. AFC East, I think everybody is absolutely safe except for Todd Bowles. Because, well, they have a negative 46-point differential and they've lost four games in a row. And in this league, it's how you finish. I think Todd Bowles is out of there. But I think he'll get another defensive coordinator job. And maybe in the right situation, he'll coach head coach again. In the AFC North, well, obviously, the Browns have to hire somebody because they fired Hugh Jackson. Everyone else, I think, is safe. You can't, you've got to get John Harbaugh a chance to have his quarterback, new quarterback, and I think that organization is too stable to fire him. Everybody except for Doug Marone is safe in the AFC South. And I still think they won't fire Doug Marone just because I don't know how much of this is his fault. Like, can, could you control Jalen Ramsey in that locker room? AFC West, unfortunately, they can't get rid of John Gruden. Anthony Lynn is 7-3. and three at, And I keep wanting to say San Diego, but in Los Angeles, I think that, that uh, Corey Joseph is gone in Denver. I think that Elway's patience with him is gone, and unfortunately, I think he's a good young coach. I think he's out of there. Dallas, if they make the playoffs, they ain't getting rid of Jason Garrett. Jay Gruden's probably fine because it's another year where you can blame it on injuries, and I get that. The other two coaches in the AFC East are absolutely fine. Of course, Chicago, Minnesota, Green. Chicago and Minnesota are good. Green Bay and Detroit are interesting because I don't know if you can fire Matt Patricia after one year. I mean, you can, but the instability of that franchise, they may give him one more year. They may get Mike McCarthy up about the paint. They, they just might get rid of him. Like They might just kick him to the curb. And it may be best for both sides just because 
it may be that Aaron Rodgers needs a new start to the end of his career. And I can't blame everything on Mike McCarthy or very little. Aaron's made some mistakes, but they're two, four, and one in the conference, which means they're going to have very little tiebreakers. They're one, one, and one in the division. Chicago's three and one. They have a plus four differential. And yes, they've lost to a lot of good teams. So Mike McCarthy there is the X factor. Um, Sean Payton's safe. Dan Quinn's safe. Um, Ron Rivera is definitely safe. Those are all culture guys. Arthur Blank just came out and absolutely supported Dan Quinn, which is the right move. They've got to get help on that defense. And he's a defensive guy, but his defense has been decimated with injuries. Tampa Bay, Cutter got to go. You can't make a decision on a quarterback. You were you were supposed to fix Jameis and you didn't. Fair or not, he's up out the paint. The Rams, okay, yeah, fire him if you think that's a good idea. Pete Carroll's only leaving if he retires. Arizona's, who's Arizona's? Oh, they got a first-year head coach and a rookie quarterback. They're not getting rid of him. And obviously, Kyle Shanahan's not going anywhere. So we will recap of the coaches who I think are going to be bounced. And those are Todd Bowles for the Jets. Scott McDermott's safe. They love him up there. Uh, so he's gone. I think Doug Maroney's gone. That's the second one. I think Corey Joseph is gone. That's the third one. I think that Mike, Mike McCarthy's gone. That's four. I think Dick Cutter will be the fifth coach gone. And I think that's it. Usually there's seven to eight coaches that are let go. Well, that now, mind you, would end up at six because of Hugh Jackson already being fired. And John Gruden would get fired, but he's got a 10-year contract at $100 million. And honestly, Al Davis can't afford to pay that buyout. You shouldn't have gave him that stupid contract. That was ridiculous. But this is just a short little snippet. We will. This is a part of the kicker and the outlaw podcast you can find us once again at ko underscore sports talk you could find me at j will sports guy find my buddy ian at ian hall underscore 12 ounce sr that's 12 o z sr and my buddy david at cursed villain 87 this has been an, an episode of the outlaw sports guy we will find a name for the show you guys have a wonderful holiday weekend and we'll get back at you